Harvey Keitel. Well, what do you know, Henry David Thoreau? My, oh my, Mike Ty, son. Good morning, Greendale. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And these... Oh, oh, no. You say that. I forgot how we do this. It's been so long. It's been so long. You say that. Okay. And I'm Mike. And here are your morning announcements. Today, we're talking about Community Season 2, Episode 8, Cooperative Calligraphy. Now, I may have forgotten how to do our intro, but I have not forgotten. Outsourcing Mike's Bits! Yay! We've got a whole lot of applause here in the studio today uh, uh-huh. because we're recording this in front of a live studio audience for some reason in the year 2020 during COVID. Who knows? Why not? <laughs> um, but here is the uh, ceremonial shuffle of the cards. Again, this is the What the Heck deck, poorly named, from Poddex, not a sponsor. I'm just going to take the top one, and here we go. This is going to be a non-conversation. Okay. Have you ever been electrocuted? <laughs> well, Mike, uh, the way that I'm going to answer that uh, is with a combo breaker. Combo breaker. <laughs> oh my God, it's Killer Instinct in here. What's going uh, on? Because welcome to Ben Interrupts Mike's Bits, the totally hardcore show about <laughs> combo breaking Mike's Bits. Uh, last is, year, f- we're going for Christmas. Wildly up our own butts on this one, I think. Sarah uh, received this collection of pop culture conversation pack. Oh which man, has that's a much three, better thing to three have. Three different decks of of cards with questions on them about different eras: the '90s, the '80s, and the '70s. Okay, great. Um, the idea being that if you are holding, uh, hosting a party and you don't know what to talk about, here's some '90s. Here's some 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. Which would you prefer, Mike? You get to choose. I feel I like... I mean, you can choose 70s, too, if you want, but I feel like th- th- that predates us. Yeah, so. I, I would be worried about answering anything in the 70s or 80s. I will say, I will go 90s, but I will say I have been electrocuted, but very, very lightly. Um, I accidentally... We were plugging in holiday lights, and I put my thumb on one of the, the plugs, and it was electrified, and it. I thought I'd cut myself, and I looked down, and I didn't. So then I started working on it again. I thought it had happened again. I'm like, oh, I'm shocking myself like a dummy. Today on Ben Interrupts Mike's Bits, a totally hardcore segment in which Mike gets interrupted with a combo breaker. I'm so glad you got the sound. Did you prefer Christina Aguilera or Britney Spears? Now this, these are good questions. This is a much better... A much, much better question. But you know what? I bought the pod next. They're going to keep going through them, by the way. (laughs) Just want to put that out there. Um, Yeah, yeah. uh, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. That's an interesting question. That's a good one. I like that. That's a... It's it's a good, it's a good question. I'm going to... You know, I think I'm going to have to say that I preferred... Okay, so here's the thing. There are, like, different layers to this question. <laughs> um, there is the, let's be honest, the sex appeal, as uh-huh, you, as you uh-huh. do. Um, you have the music itself, um, the the oops, I did it again, versus mm-hmm. genie in a bottle, you know, what have you. I am filibustering because I don't have an answer. <laughs> 
I mean, the, the, so here's the thing. Yeah, I these, never these the, questions, these random questions are not so easy, are they, Mike? I mean, when, when it's, have you ever been electrocuted? <laughs> it's kind of easy. Like, yes or no, just answer the damn question. Um, you know, I will say that I think I preferred, I, I think, I think Christina Aguilera has clearly had more of a staying power, I think. Okay. Because she she stayed in pop culture through the voice and things like that. Jeannie, like I I think she, she had a more dynamic mid career change into being a kind of um like not I don't want to just say like a real like a like she could belt it out and then she uh-huh, turned into uh-huh. like one a uh, woman that could really bust out a ballad. You know what I mean? Um and and those ballads rule and then Britney kind of stayed in that kind of any in kind of even went more into like the dance world and i think that for me is less impactful than going to the ballad world because i i prefer ballads to dance um even though i have been playing the game fuser by harmonics which is all about dance music which is actually quite fun um if you would like to play it here's some more video game talking cringing into the our main podcast so i think i'll go for for longevity uh christina aguilera um, okay. But I think that uh, Britney Spears is more attractive. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so for me, when you are a young boy in the 90s and you have an older sister, most of the pop rivalries are filtered through the lens mm-hmm. of your older sister you don't really consuming that choice. media. That's why in my household, we were a Backstreet Boys household sure. because she was Backstreet Boys. We were a Britney Spears household because she was Britney Spears. Um, so, you know, I now don't really I can, have... I can I don't only really... think of like a really dumb, like a- angry dad with like a like a flat cut, like a military cut and be like, son, we are a Britney Spears household. <laughs> I, I can only see uh-huh. that. No, um, and I know what your dad looks like, and it does not look like that. So, yeah, I don't really have much else to add to the topic other than, like, I don't know, like, my sister was the the gateway through all of that sure. uh, 90s pop culture rivalries. Um, Except for Frasier, of course. <clears throat> well, Frasier didn't now, really have... Now, hold on. Ha- Are you Frasier saying is, is unrivaled, for the record. Um, <laughs> for the record... I've been watching Frasier lately again as I've been knitting and as you are uh, to do and it is a it's still a, a good it's a pretty good show without have 90s go- equal. Have you gotten to My Coffee with Niles or Dinner Party? Uh I actually just watched My Coffee with Niles the other night. Interesting. So. Did you know that that's a bottle episode? It is a bottle episode. That is a great segue into our bottle episode, Mike. That is maybe the best segue you have ever done, and I am derailing it by I pointing out that, yes. what a good segue it was. You know what? I'm fine with just it being pretty good, to be honest with you. I don't have a segue breaker sound, so I'm just going to play this one again. That is the uh, the original uh, Killer Instinct, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I was like, um, for a moment, I was like, wait, is am I right on that? Because trust me, I was not very good at combo breakering or combo makering. Uh huh. Very good. <laughs> we haven't podcasted in like two weeks, and we're how how is it that we're just every time we podcast we don't podcast for like a week or two? We're mm-hmm. like, hi, 
I'm gonna do stuff. Let's talk about season two, episode eight, cooperative calligraphy. It starts out in the study room. I hope you'll um, like the study room. As Mike suggested earlier, this is a bottle episode, which we will find out more about momentarily. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, one of us may have the bottle, opus, bottle episode uh, article on Wiki up right now. Hey, I find it helpful because I don't have to know any guest star names that's and be true. like, oh, that's the person in that episode. And I don't have to make any claims about whether a thing looks like Colorado or not. Because that every study said, room looks the same. <laughs> yes, but there are some references that I will be asking from your Colorado uh, uh, space. So get, prep prep that Colorado part of your brain. They are in the study room. They are doing a diorama of the evolutionary chart, which they have added a final stage of humanity that is a dragon monster with three legs. Britta it disagrees with this because she thinks that man will evolve into woman. I mean, I f- if I can't, if I evolved into either, you know, it'd be fine. I'd, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be evolving <laughs> like a Pokemon. Ben's just, Ben's just happy to be here. If he's going to evolve, he's <laughs> fine with it. A monster, a dragon with three legs, a woman. Eh. It's, just, it's the same thing, really. Don't tell oh, anybody boy. I said That's that. A- I like how you're like, don't tell anybody I said that as you record it into a podcast. The real three-legged dragons are the friends we made along the way. So Perfect. Speaking of friends we've made along the way. Jeff says that he has a date to catch or a catch to date. Uh, Yeah, that's it's it feels like he workshopped that. And by a he, little, I mean the writers. Uh, well, I also feel like Jeff workshopped it. Like he's sitting there just like. That's fair. Okay, how do I how do I cleverly brag about the fact that not only am I dating someone, she is a sexy beast. Right, and there has that to may be... be a th- dragon with three legs. It's true, depending on the evolutionary scale, right? Um, <laughs> and and it's just like I have to be clever about this so that everybody knows. But I'm not just blurting out, "I'm dating a hot woman. A hot woman is dating me, Jeff Winger." Uh-huh. Which that's is, my that's my that's my, that's my cell phone ringtone. Uh, somebody calls me and it's Joel McHale shouting, "I'm dating a hot woman." And then Sarah looks embarrassed, and I just sure. point at Sarah and be like, "That's her. That's the hot woman." Right. And then she's like, "I hate every part of this," and I'm just like pointing at her repeatedly. Yeah. And then it inevitably goes to voicemail because it's. Uh, an important notice about your car insurance. Right. Uh, and you only had to spend $5,000 for Joel McHale to do that for you. Uh-huh. Best $5,000 I've ever spent. Uh, Not, you the, know, frankly, I've been thinking about it. The Dean shows up holding a puppy. Mm, for a drive-by he, deaning. For a drive-by deaning. He's got a puppy. And he says that the local shelter is having a puppy parade. Which sounds like perhaps the most adorable thing that mankind has ever conceived. It's very cute. I mean, if we, if we, not to spoil anything, but in the tag, we do get to see some of the puppy parade. It's cute. It's pretty cute. Uh, he does expect everyone in the room to lend a paw, except for Jeff, because he knows that he has a, a catch to date. So he's been workshopping it. He's, he's been, been workshopping it, it and apparently texting it to the Dean. No, I assume I assumed he tweeted it because the dean oh, follows yes. Jeff's Twitter account. 
tweet, text, so, you know. So they're all packing up. They're get, they're getting ready to go. And Annie realizes that her purple pen is gone. And she gets kind of upset. Abed gives her a chocolate. And also, Pierce has a wheelchair controlled by blowing into a tube. These are these are my notes back to back to back. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of setup there's for a whole everything lot, about a whole to happen. Going on, even though we're only in one room the entire time, it's a very dense episode. Yes, we both we were both they like packed. I'm that writing bottle. notes. Hold on, I got, this is such a dense episode. Yes, uh, so Pierce outbid three hospitals for this because it. It seems like a waste because it feels like somebody that, you know, doesn't have the use of their arms should have this or, you know, upper body so that they could use it to move around. But Pierce, who is mostly able-bodied but has broken legs, uh, could, you know, not use breath control to to move himself around. And he also goes a little out of control uh, knocking over a chair because he blows uh, weirdly, you know. Fine. I mean, considering how much Pierce blows, uh, you would suspect he'd be good at it by now. So uh, I didn't even have to workshop that and tweet it. I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it, Jeff Winger. Oh, also, by the way, I have not been electrocuted. So um, anyway, this is uh, outsourcing Mike Spitz. <laughs> <laughs> so Annie is is getting more and more upset um because she's like well no i mean i had it it was here one of you has to have taken it um we also find out because someone says sorry annie and she's like no we passed sorry annie eight pens ago so this this is not a new thing her purple pens with the gel grip have been going missing Mm-hmm. for quite some time she has already lost this is her ninth right. pen and and she's been, been very quiet about it until now uh, as far as we know we don't we don't 100 percent know but it's implied that this is like you know sh- she has hit her breaking point at least i mean she then immediately hits her breaking point because everyone's just like well yep sorry anyways we're off to a puppy parade and one of us has a catch to date right and then and- i'm afraid i am putting my foot down Okay. Well, now Annie has made it clear that this is an issue, so from now on, we need to be more respectful of her things. Okay? Okay. Cool. Okay. She has absolutely hit a breaking point. And then she's like, no, this wasn't even, this wasn't an accident. Uh, She suggests that somebody insidiously and purposefully took her pen and has been doing this. Which is quite an accusation to level against yes. your friends. Yes. Somebody that you've spent at least a year with um, and mm-hmm. done a lot, including chicken fingers, which is important going forward. Troy does suggest sometimes I think I lost something important to me and then it turns out I already ate it. I know I didn't eat it, Troy, which which good. <laughs> good. Well, I mean, sometimes you got to set a base level like mm-hmm. like like when you're OK, I'm just going to be super nerdy. Like in a when you're doing recursion, you have to have a base case or else you're just going to keep doing the recursion forever. You're like, if n is equal to one, then return one. And then you can do the recursion and then go all the way down the tree and back up. You have to have you set the base and you build up the pyramid. 
I went to art school. Anyways, uh-huh. um, <laughs> I, I I expect very few <laughs> listeners to understand my my understanding of recursion. We do. So she she is like, well, no, okay, I totally have this pen because I took a picture of it ten minutes ago. So the I think what they are implying here is that because she took a picture of the three legged dragon. Yes. Uh, supreme evolution of mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's. I always assumed it's because she took that picture and then like zoomed in on it. Yeah. But there's a part of me now that this time I'm like, is she just taking pictures of these pens because they keep going missing? So they do show a picture. Is they show show her taking a picture with of Britta with the. Well, yeah, I know that, but okay. like. I, I'm just, I honestly there's... think she zoomed in really much, but but I think you might be right that this is like the reason she was taking the picture, and it just so happened that she framed Britta in there so that it looked like she was taking a real picture, but she was really caring about is the pin right. there? Because because like like we we found out. I mean, this is the ninth one to go missing. Right. So I did. I never even thought about that before watching it this time, where I was like, is this setting? a trap like is she ready Mm. to be like okay you know i keep i keep thinking maybe i've lost it or something but this time this time i've taken this photo and boom it was there now it's gone you know in the span of 10 minutes it has gone missing would you like to know what's funny in Hmm. the world we currently live in if she really was that worried about a damn pin she could put a tile on it the, the like tile finder and then she could just mm-hmm. make it have make noise and then she'd know exactly where it is well go back to 2010 go back 10 years ago uh-huh before we had tiles hand to them hand one to annie and also whatever sort of smartphone she needs for that she does have a smartphone though so you know i doubt it's compatible with tile <laughs> though that's that is fair She's probably on like iOS three or something. Like, fair enough. So, because it was initially released in twenty fourteen, give her the equipment that she needs, and then this whole episode can just not happen, and then you can be happy. Uh huh. I guess. And Abed would be very (laughs) happy that he doesn't get stuck in a mausoleum of feelings he doesn't understand. Annie says, because everyone's just like look it's a pen and she's like no this is not a pen it's a principle keep that in mind she keeps losing these pens which admittedly if nine of my pens had gone missing when i'm hanging out with my friends like you'd start thinking annie does get painted a little bit like a villain in this episode but also at the same time like sure I, it is it is just a pen, but if nine of them go missing over the span of however many months, sure. like, I, I'm that's not, a I'm, lot. I'm not disagreeing with you that it's a lot. It does feel very odd to have eight happen and then nine and then break. <laughs> like, it feels like there should be, like, discussions. And I recognize Everybody, she's no. very young, but still, it feels like there should be discussions here. Everybody on the planet has a number of pens that can go missing before they break. It is the, the Duncan has a principle, the Duncan principle. Mine is the Ben principle, which is if you steal, if you steal enough of somebody's pens without announcing it, 
they will snap and everyone's everyone has a different number Uh uh-huh and the only way to find out that number is to have so many pens stolen from you i just want to point out the the great great name i had for your principal again because i think you missed it the bin pin principle no that sounds like it it's a principle that i came up with pen of pen and teller um so I I don't want him taking Mike the credit for that. He already gets so he much credit, that, Mike. Yes. I get no credit. You you do get no credit, Ben. That is true. <laughs> of all the things that I know that you do, you get no credit. So <clears throat> I, I suppose I'll just let it. I mean, the Ben principle sounds pretty good. Just give me this one, man. I need I need a win. So <laughs> I'll let you name it how you want, my friends. I was just offering a suggestion. The Ben's totally rad hardcore principle of awesomeness. The Ben's cool everyone else drools principle. So yes, everyone has a breaking point, and for Annie, it is the low low number of nine. Um, I feel like you think mine that's would a low be. Number? I feel like mine would be a lot higher than that. I feel like I would probably get up to about like the the fifteen. I was gonna say twenty, and I'm like, oh, that's a lot of pens. That is a lot of pens. Fifteen. I think fifteen. You're in the double digits. But, you know, so I yeah, w- I don't know. I feel I, I feel like 15 is a good number. That's fair. I don't know if I have a specific number, but I did. I do remember having a world in which. Um, so funnily enough, I do have an anecdote about pins in my house. Uh, pins are rarely needed and rarely returned. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Me and my wife are very bad at being like, oh, this is a pin. I should return it to the pin place. Um, so. My my thing is less when are pins missing and more of is there a pin in the pin place that I need to use because I need I need a pin right now. Mm-hmm. I will say that one of the pins has been used to to uh, to uh, 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 I don't know what the word is but turn off candles. I know it's not turn off. Uh, 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 quash snuff snuff so one of them is used to like push the wick over and into the wax so it snuffs itself it goes out and it's got a wax buildup and i make fun of my wife for it daily um because it's just on, on the counter for some reason um and not in the pin place not in the pin place we have a little mug on my desk for pins when there's no pins in that mug i a little lose it but only if i need a pin so i don't know if that's a specific number or not I have two pens. Okay. Um, one is a fountain pen and one is not. And those are basically the only ones that I use unless I can't find them. Sure. And Sarah has a very specific type of pen that she really, really likes. And if I took nine of those pens, I'm sure she would probably lose it. So I, I feel like I feel like nine is is too high a number of those. I like here's the thing. It's very it's it's the it's 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 it, okay. So here I have I have a collar collar whatever the thing okay. is the same the the thing on the side the thing um, on the side go. It matters. The number is kind of equivalent to how important how much importance you put on the pins. Mm-hmm. For me, I just bought Bix like cheapo big ones that are like like cheap plastic i got like 50 in a thing and just shoved them in the pin place now you have you say you have specific pins you have a fountain pen and a non-fountain pen right Mm -hmm. am i right on that Mm -hmm. so your pin number is probably actually one because it's like where's my fountain pen 
that's that's it's a, what I'm it's saying. a disposable it's a fountain pen so pen. it's what? not that important it's a disposable fountain pen well you know what I, well okay so maybe i uh, maybe my, my other my other one my other one is pretty nice okay um, so if somebody took your nice pen the number is one because that's a nice pen you want that pen no i would be i would be upset but i wouldn't i wouldn't lose it i see the, the ben principle maybe I, says, maybe i just need to understand the ben principle a little bit more Okay, so in this episode, Annie's number of pens is nine. That is true. The ninth one goes missing, and she literally shrieks. It's fair. What's not to understand about the principle? Anyways, we've talked about pens way too much. Let's talk more about this missing pen. So... I can't believe you said we've talked about pens so much when the pen is the point of the episode. So It's not the point, but you know what I mean. Abed declares that he hates bottle episodes and he really doesn't want to do a bottle episode yes and Britta declares that she has a photography assignment and so she's got to go take pictures of her grandmother's hands annie is getting increasingly frustrated and she manages to basically like box everyone in yes i do want to point out for those that are not as savvy with uh with television tropes and things like that uh, I have the definition for a bottle episode up, and I want to give it give it for everybody. Uh, a bottle episode is produced cheaply and restricted in scope to use as few non-regular cast members, effects, and sets as possible. They're usually shot on sets built for other episodes, frequently the main interior sets for a series, and consist largely of dialogue and scenes for which no special preparations are needed. Does that make Cheers a bottle tv series it i mean it is, they had to make the it, set <laughs> it is about a bar where people are drinking beer so bottle bottle double meaning i think you're right i think cheers is the ultimate bottle show norm walks in everyone goes norm, norm! and everyone laughs and it's great and you're and no just, effects you're are done. needed no effects are needed no sets are needed until the episode where they go to thanksgiving at someone's house Man, you I think know it's what? A, I think it's a bottle show. <laughs> the way you're describing it makes it sound like it was the cheapest show for networks to make. Honestly, um, honestly, wait a minute. How long? I mean, did that it show can't go? have been that. It can't have been that cheap because it had to pay Ted Danson's salary. That's fair. How how many seasons did it was like? A, it was like seven seasons. That's barely more than Community. Actually, Cheers went for eleven seasons. Okay, dang. I couldn't remember. I wanted to say 11, but I thought that was Frasier. Anyways, Fra- Frasier has been one of the longest running TV characters because he was in 11 series. Uh, he was in most of the 11 seasons of Cheers and then like seven or no, 11 and another 11 Both seasons of, of Frasier. Yes. So he's, he's a 20. 20- He's almost 22 seasons. I don't think he was in the first season of Cheers. Uh-huh. I think he came in in season uh, season two. Is there um, any... Now, this is a funny question, but I want to just ask it. Are there any seasons of Frasier where Frasier is not part of it? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was worth the question. You know, that is, it's season six when he goes missing and everyone's like... We got to find Frasier and they expect to find his body in the Puget Sound and um, the dog has to take over his radio show. You know, that's fair. 
there is an episode in season the the season episode uh, fin, uh opener of season six is good grief so th- it definitely makes sense there uh-huh. and then there's uh-huh. how to bury a millionaire so that's that feels good <laughs> yeah see see visions of daphne like i could see this i, I like this like uh-huh this, yeah if you know uh, nothing this... about fraser and read those and i was like oh yeah that's the one where fraser maybe is dead in yeah. and he, There's one he that's gets in a boating decoys? accident on the puget sound decoys and uh-huh and then his evil twin brother shows up <laughs> taps at the montana shut out in seattle like i could see this i could absolutely see this uh so yeah they are all upset at annie being upset because it's a pen is just a thing right and uh she keeps she keeps really leaning on this well it's not a pen it's a principle sort of idea right uh and so she's like because Britta's the first one to try to to gtfo to escape to escape the authoritarian grips of annie annie is immediately like okay Britta, well empty out your bag because like if you've got nothing to hide, like, let's sure. see it. Britta uh, does mind uh, because of her, the invasion of her civil liberties, which gets a groan from everyone, which is an uh-huh. interesting uh, thing in the current era. Um, Britta does suggest the slippery slope from a look-see into her, into her bag to the thought police from 1984, forcey-worsing everyone to bend and spread. So, again, overplaying the hand. Granted, I think I'm actually on Britta's side on this one. I'm totally on Britta's side here, 100%. I will say that I'm not I'm not on Britta's side for using uh, the Freedom of Information Act to get photocopies of Annie's notes last week, but that's a different discussion. I think, I think that's a I think that's a baller move. I will I do want to retract. I'm not 100%. I'm 99% on Britta's side because I object to the use of the term forcey warcy. <laughs> Um, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's uh, so. I'm ni- that I'm 99 on Britta's side here. Although I do think she's using it as a a pointed like uh, a, a pointed gesture at Annie to indicate that Annie would probably use that because she's a much younger woman. Okay, we're back up to 100. percent I'm in. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You convinced me. That's all I needed. I barely um, convinced you. I barely said anything to convince you. Britta um, dumps out the contents of her her purse on the table, and then accuses um, everyone of cowardly groupthink, which is which is a real moment. Uh huh. And she's like, "Are you happy?" And then someone says, "Not if that's a used Q-tip," and everyone <laughs> weirds out. But see, if if you're gonna force someone to empty out a bag, you cannot be mad about whatever sort of used gross stuff is in there. They break that rule throughout this episode. I will point that out. Um, and also. Uh, we own a reusable Q-tip, one that you can like wash off and like. Did you, you knew that that was a thing, right? I did. I just the the, the hearing the phrase "we own a reusable <laughs> Q-tip" is not. It is not a phrase you ever expect to hear. Even from someone who is married to someone who works in sustainability, um, <laughs> it's it's just it is not a thing that I'm ever truly prepared to hear. I will say that I've not used it. It's mostly been for Stacy so far. Uh, Does that change your opinion on it? 
no. Um, it's still a sentence that I heard with my ears. Um, Britta shouts, welcome to the machine, because she has been, uh, her, her personal belongings have been dumped out onto the table for all to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which then Jeff, Jeff points out the big thing of condoms. And he's like, big weekend. She can't complain. Um, the Dean comes on the intercom indicating the puppy parade is starting on the quad. And then everybody but Annie starts to leave. But Britta stops them. Because she's been sh- she's been put through the ringer. Everybody else should. So right. she's kind of like, I-, I think I'm like, well, you know, like this is the whole idea of like, I suffered so you should rather than I well, suffered so no one else should. But see, no, I'm I'm still actually on Britta's side here. Okay. Because th- as she points out, she's like whoever is the pen thief just stood there and watched me get Guantanamo, which I'm not super back down to 99%. Yeah. Maybe don't use that that phrase. She also suggested the Patriot Patriot Act cuts both ways, which it does not. Jeff tells her it does not. So she is like, okay, whoever the pen thief is just stood there while I was forced to have all of my stuff searched, my uh, string of condoms just dumped out on the table, my used Q-tip exposed for all to see. So who, who, whoever did it what stood there and was okay with that happening. And so I'm still on Britta's side here because that is a jerk move. Fair enough. I do want to point out that Troy suggests that going to a puppy parade halfway through is pointless. I I like how he he's like, have you ever been to a puppy, uh, gone to a puppy parade halfway through? Suggesting that A, <laughs> puppy parades are a thing he's been to before. Sure. And B, he's been to at least one where he went halfway through. Right. And he realized that it was pointless. There's a lot of backstory there about Troy and his and puppy parades. And, and I we want will more never information. Get it. We, we will never, never get, get it. it. And I want it so badly. <laughs> um, maybe like Star Wars had all those like uh, Star Wars story, like anthology yeah. movies. We need one about Troy's backstory where he goes to a bunch of puppy parades. Look, all I'm saying is if we get solo, we can definitely get. Troy Puppy Parade. Billy D. Williams is Lando Calrissian. And then, years later, Donald Glover becomes Lando Calrissian. So now, once upon a time, Donald Glover was Troy Barnes. Now we need someone else to take the torch of Troy mm-hmm. Barnes, to be a young Troy Bar- a younger Troy Barnes. I don't know who would, I and don't then, know who's there to do that. that. In a future film. Oh, no. He can be Lando Calrissian Ooh, again. I like how we have a, a Lando Calrissian <laughs> pipeline currently now. And then we can go back in time mm-hmm. and have Billy D. Williams be Troy Barnes and something. Or he can that's, be old Troy that's Barnes. That's what I want. I want, I want <laughs> Le- Billy D. Williams to be future Troy Barnes. <laughs> Completing the circle. They've Complete each the been circle, Lando yeah, and they've yeah. each been Troy Barnes. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I hashtag Billy D as old Troy Barnes. I want it. Can you imagine Billy D. Williams saying as old man Troy in the distant future? Ah, dang. I was going to say butts Carlton. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. That rules. Not, All only, right. not only can I, I need it. It's not a want anymore. It is a need. 
we're doing real great on this bottle episode, by the way. We're uh, the the show is staying in one place, and we are jumping every which <laughs> well, way. Well, if the show's not going to go different places, we gotta. They suggest that next up is Shirley, and she was like, "Well, no, I I didn't take it." And that's when Annie says, uh, "You know, look, if it accidentally, you know, if you accidentally grabbed it, you know, and it took it by mistake, I understand." Like. And Britta is like, oh, so if I took it, it's larceny. But if you find it under Mother Hen, it's a mistake. Mother Hen? I think we're about the same age. Sure, unless time is linear. I'll make your ass linear. That doesn't make any sense. I'll make your ass sense. And thus starts, this is like, it's already, you know, Annie's mad and people yeah. are getting mad at Annie. This is when the like bomb drops. Yeah, it's a volcano here, man. Everyone's getting mad at everyone. Yeah, and, and also... Uh, while they argue, Pierce is be- just going to double down on the racism and suggest that statistically speaking, the thief would be Troy. And Jeff calls him out for his 1856 ass racism. Which Troy then says, 1856? What if a ghost took the pen? Put a pin in that one. No so, one agrees with him at that point, though. Current theories on the mi- whereabouts of the missing pen is that Shirley accidentally took it. Or statistically, Troy took it, or a ghost took it, or it's probably under Pierce's cast because he uses everything to itch his legs. Apparently, um, they're on their third DVD remote. I don't want to think about that one. Maybe they can use a reusable Q-tip to dig that out. Anyways. How am I getting dunked on? <laughs> I didn't take the pin. Just what a what somebody that would take the pin would say. You are doing great, and you are doing your part to uh, maintain a sustainable future. Uh, and I applaud your efforts. So, thank you. For um, Annie demands that because Jeff is in charge, he needs to do something about this. Which, first of all, just being like Jeff's in charge is it's there, there's some baggage there, but that's fine. Also, it's an abdication of duty after you've basically. Uh, enraged everyone <laughs> right like i'm going to cu- accuse every almost everybody in this room of maybe being a pen thief anyways jeff take it away <laughs> jeff did not sign up for this uh so jeff is like well okay let's assume for a moment that the pen thief did it and now they've just waited too long and now they're embarrassed uh so he's like, you know, I'm going to count to three and then, uh, you know, someone will will fess up and, um, you know, we, we can all get on with our day. And he starts counting. And then Pierce raises his hand and he's like. <gasps> Pierce, you have something to tell us? Yes. Is it me or has it become really obvious that Jeff took the pen? Yes. This causes Jeff to flip out, like wildly angry. He locks the room down. No one leaves until the pen shows up. He calls Gwynifer and tells her, I can't make it. You should tell your disappointment to suck it. I'm doing a bottle episode. It's like, whoa, (laughs) dude. Can you imagine being like, I've got a date with a hot lawyer tonight. And then he calls you up and he's like, I'm doing a bottle episode. Suck it. And then hangs up on you like that. There there is not a there is not another date coming. What kind of rejection is that? Like, (laughs) 
I mean, I guess it's better than being ghosted on, but also like... Is it? Uh, no, I what? think I'd prefer the ghosting. <laughs> oh, no, my friend. Have you ever been ghosted on for a date? I have not. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so, my dude. I will say I don't have much experience in the dating scene as I've been with my wife for uh, over a decade and a half at this point, I think. I would take the bottle ex- uh, episode explanation, <laughs> please and thank you. You would, you would prefer somebody on the phone telling you to suck it? Well, yeah, if they called me up and they were like, "We're I'm doing a bottle episode, tell your disappointment to suck it, uh, and then hung up, I'd be like... Whew, dodged that bullet and then i would go play video <laughs> games and well at least i know <laughs> uh-huh i i will say that i have been go okay no you know you, you you've convinced me i have been ghosted for uh for job openings before and that's right and it it's it is awful yeah if they're just so, like we're not gonna go forward i'm like okay at least i know at least i know and now i can go play video games and i mean i was playing video games regardless but you know the it's a different discussion uh so Jeff begins the process of inspecting everyone's bags. First up is Troy. He has nothing in his backpack except a very comfortable looking cushy pillow. Uh, he becomes Jeff's hero. And honestly, a little of mine too. I'm surprised I never once thought of this because like just, you know, the, the chairs in a, in yeah. a classroom aren't great. They're not but just fun. be like, I'm bringing my own pillow. Like, why not? Well, why you not and I were probably like, well, we got to put our books in there. We got to put our our. We've got carry things to carry around. We can't and just we put were a pillow fools. in there. Exactly, we, we were, were fools, fools That's who, my are, point. who prioritized academia over comfort. And now look at us. And now two dweebs doing a podcast talking about Cheers accidentally on a community podcast. And Fraser very pointedly. I mean, oh, honestly, I, if you want to do a Frasier podcast, I'll, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> like, uh, me, you, you and I have an oeuvre, and I'm just going to follow you, I guess. <laughs> Troy didn't take it. That's literally the only thing in his backpack. Up, up next is Abed, and Britt is like, can you consider for a moment the threshold that we are crossing? We don't trust Abed. Annie suggests that he did shred her backpack, and Troy says... That he, he did free Annie's boobs, the monkey, the monkey, the monkey. Um, and also, Britta's, Britta's like, well, we corrupted him. And then Jeff's like, he put gum in your hair. And she's like, open the bag. They dump out the contents of Abed's bag. There is no purple pen. Mm-hmm. There is, however, a notebook that Britta starts flipping through. Right. Which, first and- of all, I call shenanigans on because the point of this exercise right. is looking for a pen. If you want to know if there's a pen in the notebook, you just take the notebook and you sort of shake it a little bit sure. and no pen comes out. I will You're say... Good. Don't read another person's notebook. Not sure. even Abed's. Especially I, not Abed's. Well, if they didn't read it, this this whole plot point doesn't get exposed. Anyway, my point is, I think it opened to that page. I don't... Did she... Did she... F- ruffle she was she was flipping pages i okay, swear i, I saw right. her flipping pages I, I i don't remember i don't recall perfectly and i'm sure somebody will tweet at us saying of course she flipped the pa- I, I don't know uh but look i don't i don't care if if my notebook if if i'm getting searched for a pen because people think i stole a pen mm-hmm. first off you're in a sitcom <laughs> go on my, my notebook flops out on the table and it says kill all humans I don't 
give a well, damn. Well, first off, Kill All Humans is very clearly a reference to Futurama, a you show say that, that we kind of like. <laughs> you you assume that. But I don't care if it says that. I don't care if it says I love stealing pens. Don't flip through my ding-dang notebook. It's my notebook. It's this weird is about that the he pen. writes down I love stealing pens in his notebook. Saying I love stealing pens is not an admission of guilt. That is not admissible evidence in a court of right. law. That's just, right. You're just expressing a kink of yours, my friend. Right? You don't steal your friend's pens. You steal stranger's friends, and that's how you get your jollies. Wait, but you can you just draw say, a line. You, you steal your stranger's friends? Whatever. <laughs> you, you steal, steal your, the you friends steal, of your strangers, and they're your you friends steal, now. You steal the pens of strangers. That's how you get your jollies. You you don't have to steal your friend's pens, mm-hmm. right? It is sure, not an admission yeah. of guilt. It is not admissible in a court of law. This is also not a court of law. It's a bottle episode that also, does not take place in a courtroom. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't I don't care if it opens up to a page that says I love stealing pens. Don't flip through my ding dang notebook. Don't flip through the ding dang notebook, even if there's ding dangs in there. Anyways, Britta uh, does not my the opposite of my advice. She is flipping through okay, the notebook so she and she okay. sees she sees her name in it and a bunch of like uh, she sees uh, Shirley and Annie's names in it and uh, a bunch of notes and a calendar and she she's like what what is this and Annie so looks I will at say it. That and, I, I don't think it's that odd to have somebody else's, especially if you're going to do like group projects in your notebook yeah. of like, oh, Britt is going to do this, Shirley's going to do this. The moment that uh, it's revealed what he's actually doing, yes, that is a little odd. Oh, it's it's very odd. He has, it turns out, accidentally started tracking the menstrual cycles of all three ladies of the study group. Yes, which is. Uh, they, they, uh, he, he explains that he has trouble reading people. Um, and he noticed not fluctuating patterns where, you know, the, the three women would be kind of uh, a little less, uh, okay with things that he says. And he started graphing them. And by the time he realized what he was actually measuring, it was actually really positive for everybody. So he just kind of kept doing it, which feels, feels like a justification. Uh huh. Annie gets really upset about this, which legitimate. Yeah, um, it's kind of an inv- it's it's quite an invasion. Abed offers her another chocolate, and she's about to take it, and then she realizes that she has been getting played, and he has been offering chocolates when she is having her period, and she again legitimately freaks out and throws it back at Abed, uh-huh. and now everyone is mad at Abed. Except nobody for gets mad at Abed. Well, yeah, Pierce. Pierce is Pierce. inspired by this. Uh-huh. It's concerning. I'll just put it that way. Everyone else gets mad at Abed. And when everyone else is mad at Abed, you know things have taken a dark turn. Yes, because no one... It's Abed. Um, Abed does share some words of sarcasm for who took the pen. Thank you for entombing me in this mausoleum feelings I can neither understand or reciprocate. I should really make the subtitle of this episode a mausoleum of feelings and emotions i can neither understand or reciprocate or whatever that line is it's very good so it's a very good line um so now it's time for a very very nervous shirley to dump her bag and she's like no thank you yeah she is just straight up being like nope uh i'd i'd rather not and um, this is the worst game of among us ever yeah, especially because the number of times the the words among us actually get said in this episode is like 3 and so every time I'm just like 
Among Us Community Edition. I would play bottle that. episode. I would play that um, and watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'm surprised that I didn't like cotton onto the idea of Among Us and this episode at all until mm-hmm. I just said it out loud. So Shirley is sus and um, Shirley very sus. <laughs> uh, she's she's like no, I'd I'd rather not. Um, and they, Britta, <laughs> sorry, I just realized. I'm sorry. I'm. I just realized the vent actually comes into play on this episode. Very sus with the. I saw him vent. Shirley and Britta get into it about faith and religion again because they always do. They always do. Britta's like, oh, uh, so what kind of Christian woman lets everyone else get searched, but doesn't, uh, but it, it acts all guilty? Um, and she's like, I'm, I'm just a Christian woman who doesn't want to have my stuff searched, and and I figured that it wouldn't come down to me because someone else had to, uh, I believe, someone it would be found on someone else. I believe she specifically says that, that she thought it would be found on the Muslim. Oh yes. She does say that. Um, uh, unfortunately she does say that she does. Unfortunately say that this is also where we get, I think Annie says, well, 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 Harvey Keitel. And then, uh, I think Troy says, "Yes." What do you know, Henry David Thoreau? And Britta and- is like, "Nice try, Mike Ty, son." Dang it! I do always love these little bit because I think I don't think this is the only episode they do this bit. Where no, I think this this bit comes up a couple more times, but this mm-hmm. is the first time I think it happens. Um, and I always love this, except I'm like, oh man, if our friends group started like trying to do this, I'd be so bad. I'm bad with celebrity names. Like, I think I'm clever and witty, but like the moment you're like, okay, uh, rhyme a celebrity with whatever. And I'm like, uh, 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 I, uh, is that your best Ryan Seacrest? Oh, see, see, that's pretty good. Uh, I got nothing. Anyways, she Cut says the I'm cord, sim- Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone could see the dance you just did in celebration of of rhyming it reminds, two words together. It reminds me of uh, uh, I don't uh, when everybody's making fun of Bagel and the way that Pierce like hop uh, skips away. That was the same energy. Pierce starts freaking out. Uh, because his leg like really hurts and Shirley uh, runs over to make sure everything's okay. And he grabs her bag and tosses it over to Jeff. The contents get unceremoniously dumped out on the table and they start digging. There is no pen, but there is a pregnancy test. Uh, we find out that Shirley reconnected with her husband over Labor Day. You know, that's this is why she didn't want people to go through her bag because uh, she's got a pregnancy test in there and uh they they reconnected if you know what i mean um right uh this is when abed doubles down and is like you wouldn't have been ovulating on labor day you would have been ha- ovulating on halloween and then troy has a grave recollection i mean look once your notebook full of the ovulation schedule of every woman you know uh gets just dumped on the table and that cat's out of the bag you might as well just be the wizard of ovulation and just be like i've been tracking this so i i'm not sure i love the job (laughs) title there um it's me the wizard of ovulation (laughs) 
Oh, thanks. I hate it. I know. Um, I I needed you to I needed you to hear it. I needed you to hear it. Uh huh. I re I needed that characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, be because now I realize how terrible this is. Um, <laughs> I'm so, just trying to do a service to you, my friend Ben. Uh, but now now I might have to change the subtitle of this to the Wizard <laughs> of Ovulation. So the subtitle of this episode is changing on a minutely basis. Britta and Shirley get mad at each other, like really, really into it because Britta feels judged about uh, Shirley giving her crap about all the condoms. Right. Uh, and, you know, which is, it's legit. Like, I mean, they're, they're going to fight over religion pretty much throughout. Right. So they, they, they're they're If it does not, it feels like they're friends until anything starts hitting the fan whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, I think theirs is definitely the most tenuous of friendship uh, in this group. Other than Um, everyone in Pierce. Even still, I feel like I feel like that Britta Shirley friendship is just it is real uh, messy. Um, Anyways, speaking of Pierce, he blocks the door as people try to escape and he says, nice try, Stephen Fry. Which is great because Britta's like, ah, oh, Stephen Fry. I do appreciate that they're still like, not er- like everybody's angry, but everybody still like will enjoy like small little things of like, oh, dang it. I mean, okay, but see, here's the thing. I think this is a good power play because if you are notably upset and, you know, because like when you're arguing and you're and people are upset and it's like, oh, well, they just said whatever because they weren't in charge of their emotions. If you can bust out some celebrity rhymes in your uh, in your argument, like they know, oh, crap, he is calm and cool enough mm-hmm. to have come up with with a rhyme about a celebrity. Like it's a real power play. It's a weird power play, but a power play nonetheless. It does feel like a Jeff Winger power play. I agree. Speaking of Jeff Winger. He he exists in this episode. He well, this is when he loses it. Jeff kind of just gets up and is like, "Okay, we're going to start tearing this table." Where he moves the table around, he's like, "We're going to rip this room apart, and I'm going to f- we're going to find the pin." And he tears up the carpet and he throw starts throwing stuff everywhere. And and Troy's and and he's like, "Can we stop? It's a pin." And everybody's like, "It's a pin now." Really? It's not a principle anymore? Now it's a pen? And then, like, after some of this argument, everybody just starts stripping, which is, I I kind of, uh, I feel like my brain goes into the attractive people are stripping on my television, (laughs) but I don't exactly know why. Uh So Britta accuses Annie of hiding it, and she's like, well, no, it wasn't in my purse. And Britta's like, well, that's exactly where, you know, we would be looking for it if you realized halfway through that you found it. And so it's she basically suggests that it is on Annie's person. Mm -hmm. And so that's when Annie is just like, screw it and starts stripping. And then also Jeff is like, well, it's not on me either. So like they everyone just kind of is like, this is happening. I think and and Pierce is like taking off his shirt for more. uh more reasons the, than that. The expression on Pierce's face indicates that he is into this for reasons mm-hmm. uh, that I'll explain to you when you're older. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm, I look forward to that because I'm not old enough yet, clearly. 
but yeah, it is it is a room full of attractive people who are just tearing off their clothes. Mm-hmm. And Abed says, "Well, now hold on a minute. Flip the tables over, and then we'll uh, separate by gender, and then we will uh, search each other's bodies for the pen in in our underwear." And so, and so everyone it cuts, does. It cuts to the tables are turned over. Uh, the the men are on one side, the women on the other. Uh, they are all in their undies, um, and they they shake to dislodge any any pens that might be there. Troy does go. Oh, what what is your underwear made out of? They look so luxurious, uh, and it's <laughs> it's or, like a organic cotton and soy blend. And then Britta says, this Gwynefer must be real special. Don't you usually wear those turquoise stripy Beetlejuice numbers? Oh, yes. Keep that Beetlejuice mention in mind. It's real good. I missed um, that entire thing. <laughs> like, I didn't miss it, but like, it it, it, it didn't trigger. There were, there were hot people undressing. Look, I get I, it. You're, I, you, hot just, people, you stop thinking. <laughs> my brain just stops and I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this. I do think of this line often because maybe more information than anyone wanted to know about me but the best underwear i have is some stripy beetlejuice numbers uh, including one in turquoise and so every time i'm like oh yeah my good underwear i'm like this is some jeff winger underwear right here this is this is the stripy beetlejuice number i appreciate the fact that you prefaced it with this is probably more than anybody wants to know about me um uh, if you want to listen to more about Ben, please listen to Ring My Bell. There's a difference. This is family fun oriented podcasting. That's true. Ring My Bell is an opt-in experience. <laughs> it's very much an opt-in experience. They have all shaken loose and there's no pen. There's no place left. And Jeff is about to give up until he sees the casts on Pierce's legs so they immediately go and cut the casts off with scissors. At one point, Jeff is even like, be careful. This is our last pair of scissors. Also, don't cut Pierce, I guess. They manage to get the casts off and an immediate wave of awful odor mm. emanates. Uh, it appears he has been trying to scratch his legs with Slim Jims. So there are just old slim jims mm-hmm. hanging uh, out in yeah, the cast troy suggests the smell is like a waffle house sink which kind is of want some waffle house now now I, now here's where the colorado comes in Wa- yes. waffle house has made it to colorado correct yeah because it's to me it's a very southern thing of like oh that's a waffle house that's a southern kind of mm-hmm. thing it's to me. i mean it's it's not i don't think it's as as ubiquitous as it would be uh, down in the south but there was one in my hometown there was okay. one in the town over like uh they were they definitely exist out there cool this has been colorado facts but yeah it is it is interesting because i point out a lot of the stuff that like that's not uh, colorado but like i i forgot that waffle houses aren't everywhere despite the fact that we don't have a waffle house here but also i don't usually have like i'm not usually like oh man i need a waffle house right that's for when you're when when you're really drunk the karaoke place i i used to go to uh was around the corner from a 24-hour pancake house 
Oh, damn. And so I'd get real, real, dr- I'd get accidentally too drunk and then be like, well, guess I'm having some pancakes. Guess at I'm two going and in getting, the morning. getting some pancakes. Mm, it was, it was better times that, uh, than being that, stuck inside forever. That's, yeah, that sounds amazing. 2020 like, is basically just a bottle episode. So it kind of is, and I don't like it. But hey, we're saving a lot of money on sets. So. I suppose you're correct. And occasionally the set is a grocery store in which we all wear masks. I just hope it doesn't last for 11 seasons like Cheers. Anyways, so. <laughs> well, did, it didn't in MASH, didn't they have like they expanded like three times the, the length of the war that they were actually part of or something like that? Yes, they did. Um, so I love they, that, that piece of information. They cut off the cast. It smells like a Waffle House sink. They they hit a point where they are just all kind of tired of this whole thing, and um, uh, Shirley does get dressed before everybody else, and she's called on it, and she's like, "I'm not comfortable sitting around in my underwear," and then calls uh, Britta and Annie anorexic Jezebels, and then apologized how mean that was, and then Annie's like, "I know it's just been a long day, you know, you've been stressed, is, and I think that might be why you took the pin." Which causes yeah. the argument to restart. It is it is so close to being like, I'm so sorry. This was all so stupid. And she just doubles down as like, that's why you took my pen. Like she is. She is insistent. She is insistent. Yes, that is a good way to put it. Um, uh, we do get a brief announcement from the dean that says um, <laughs> this announcement is so good. It's getting a little chilly outside, so the animal wranglers have asked that every student pick up a puppy and hold it, so they stay warm while the volunteers hand out tiny puppy-sized hats. Honestly, I don't know why I'm even making these announcements. There can't be anyone who isn't already on the quad. They're missing some good puppy time. Honestly, yes, and it's disappointing to pretty much everybody involved. After the commercial break... Everyone is dressed again. They're they're sitting around. the The room is still in disarray. Oh, it's a disaster in there. I called it. Everyone is having a a bit of a post mortem. Like they are sort of you know apologizing, but also kind of analyzing. Like oh, like we we went we went kind of hard on that one. They're kind of talking about it, and Jeff is like, okay, but what if? something impossible really happened. Yeah, it I seems mean, more likely. It seems more likely that an actual ghost took it, and Troy's like, I've been saying that all along. I, I do like how Abed's like, let him finish. And he's like, I'm finished. What if a ghost did it? Because a, an actual ghost taking the pen is more likely than one of us taking the pen and letting all this happen. Um, and... Uh, Abed's like winger speech to take us home and uh, everybody's on board except for Pierce and Pierce is like why would a ghost want a pin and that's when Troy comes in because he starts telling a ghost story about a man from 1854 who was writing a love letter but got decapitated and so now he wanders the halls of Greendale Community College looking for a pen and they all kind of agree to that, and then they they leave the study room, changes as a group, but leaving the room an absolute mess. And the dean walks by and is like, "What the hell did you do in there?" And Abed replies with, 
something you and your puppies could only dream of, you non-miraculous son of a bitch. And I do love that the dean is like, non-miraculous? Abed, wait. I mean, the dean's pretty miraculous. Let's be real. Um, Um, It pans over to the vent in the study room. Very sus. Very sus indeed. Annie's boobs, the monkey, not her actual boobs, opens the vent. I will say if it was actually Annie's boobs, I'd be very concerned. I'd be impressed. Uh, Annie's boobs opens the vent, runs out to this, this disarray, this chaos, grabs a spoon, runs back into the vent, and then it cuts into the vent, and we see that Annie's boobs has been just amassing a bunch of stuff that he has collected from the study room. Uh, there's uh, uh, like Troy's uh, ID card. There's a Troy and Abed in the morning mug. Mm-hmm. It's got there's all also the, a pile of purple pens. Like neatly together, I think is fascinating. Um, so I don't mean to move us back to the discussion about Annie's boobs, the actual boobs. Um, I thought about the D&D spell Mage Hand. So let, okay. me, let me suggest this. Mage boobs, where you a, a spectral floating set of boobs appears at a point you choose within range, <laughs> lasting for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action. Now, that homebrew, is that overpowered? Um, I No, I think, I think that's a perfectly fine cantrip. I think that's fine. Okay, just wanted to. I, I, I wanted mean, they, to workshop they that with you. They can't move more than five pounds of anything, so I would I, like I to see think, the pair of boobs that could move more than five pounds of. Anything. I don't. I don't think it's overpowered. Um, okay, great. I think it's fine. I think your D and D campaign is going to be great. Um, <laughs> hey, we can't. We can't tease anything like that because then we'll do a, an actual play podcast. Uh, related. I've had a long-standing desire to play a paladin based on fraser because think about it so fraser wants to help people but he's kind of bad at it he is really pompous and uses pompous language and thinks himself better for it and he thinks he's better than everyone but ultimately he's kind of selfish and i'm like fraser would make a great paladin he'd be a fun paladin to play I, I look for you know what at this point we're gonna do an actual play podcast you're gonna you're gonna do that and I'm gonna be a mage that can do or uh, whatever could, that could do mage boobs and and I don't know what we're gonna call it but it's gonna have to be some kind of pun on toss salad and scrambled eggs look look forward to that in 2021 I have also been meaning to run there's a, a tabletop version of Fraser somebody created called Boss Dragons and Scrambled Eggs oh my god. Uh, and I've been meaning to run a, a, a game of that, like just a one shot. Um, I've got a I've got a plot and everything. Um, I mean, at this point, let's just get some <laughs> of our friends and record it as a podcast. We'll make it work. Uh, anyways, Annie's boobs took the pens. We go to the tag. <laughs> the um, mystery is solved. The mystery is solved. Uh, but for us, not for the rest of the group, just us. It's the true. Audience. This is this is what is called dramatic irony because we know and they do not. Um, it cuts the tag. There's a puppy parade. It's we very do cute. see it's basically a bunch of like they're designed to look kind of like floats in a in an actual parade, but it's just like 
little red wagons just right. covered with with stuff. Uh, the puppies are cute. I approve of the puppies. Um, I, I do have a problem with the final one, which is uh, a a float uh, suggesting we should be equal and together. Um, the equality and togetherness float, which has a dog and a cat. The the dean calls it kind of preachy and boos it. I think it's fine to call it kind of preachy. Um, booing, booing it is booing is, a kitten is and much. a puppy is uh-huh. a little bit much to it's, me. It's a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, uh, that is the end of the episode, and that means that it is time for grades. This is a. I mean, we're we're talking about a bottle episode. It is a very specific kind of episode of a television show where, you know, it's it's supposed to be, you know, a little cheaper so you can make some of the stuff that you really want to make. Like, you know, I think there were a couple episodes that weren't called out as bottle episodes in the first season so that they can make, you know, the things like uh, paintball Mm -hmm. so they could save the money for that and do something kind of put together here. Um, The bottle episode really, you know, it it like like Abed says it allows for a lot of that emotional connection and a lot of feelings and the, a lot of the how do these people actually re- react to each other i think it really succeeds on those things um it's funny the the whole plot is about somebody stole a pen and then the whole thing is Annie's boobs the monkey doing it and it's all just very funny to me um there are really great performances throughout some of the like exaggerated turn it, it 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 definitely feels like a parody of a bottle episode where you know jeff is flipping out for almost no reason he's like well i'm gonna tear apart this room to find this pin it's like when jeff calm calm down buddy um but yeah i think it's really well acted really well written really well designed even to like you know the joke is everybody wants to go get this puppy parade and then you never see the puppy parade and then you kind of see it at the tag and like I, I just think it's well crafted. I think it's funny. I think it's great. I, uh, you know, I think this is the one of the episodes that always kind of gets me when it comes up because it's it's tying together so much of the events that have already happened in community together and some of the stuff that is foreshadowed a couple weeks ago, like we like we saw during the Robocop stuff that I'd never seen before. That's that's foreshadowed because it, he was looking at the the cycles and things like that. Um, I love this episode. I think it's I think it's a tour de force. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, an Emmy award winning dramedy or whatever, but it is, it is for this show truly fantastic. I think I'm going to give it an A plus. I think it's, I think it's really one of, one of the best episodes that there is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, disagree. Um, it is a classic community episode for a reason. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's the first one Megan Gantz wrote, I do believe. Um, who I don't, is, I, I can't, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, yeah. Written by Megan Gans, who's, uh, lovely and awesome. Um, a bunch of community podcasters got to talk to her once and it was great. Um, she was very nice and I sort of interrupted her and will feel bad about that forever. Um, anyways, so apologies um, to Megan Gans. She's great. And this episode's great. Um, and I do want to call out the writing specifically because I feel like compared to, uh, like last week's episode where like, usually when I'm taking notes, I have to pause and, and last week's episode was just so much, uh, what was last week's episode? Um, uh, aerodynamics, oh, aerodynamics of, gender. of gender. 
it's so kind of light and fluffy where it's just like, yeah, a bunch of stuff happens and it's, it's pretty, pretty fun. Uh, but also Abed says bitch a lot. This one is so dense with just raw characterization, which I really love because one of the things, one of the, the repeated themes in this series is the ups and downs of having a very close uh, group of friends where you start to bridge that gap from like normal friends to close friends. And you bridge that gap from close friends to like a found family almost. And that can be pretty, that can be pretty rough because you know, you've got like that, that Brita Shirley divide is, is, is rough. I mean, Shirley stands for a lot of the stuff Britta is against and Britta stands for a lot of the stuff Shirley's against and they both care for each other, but also that's always going to come to a head. Right. And I think episodes like this where we do look at those interpersonal relationships in the friend group and it, it starts to border on that like weird codependency of like, you know, well, if Shirley's going to give me crap about a, a bunch of condoms in my bag, then I shouldn't have to be around. But like, you know, there it's it's all so sure. wrapped up in so many layers. And I think this episode does that really well, because I think when you trap everyone in a bottle episode and people are actively like, I don't want to be here, you know, I mean, it's it's. Uh, in the very first episode, Abed talks about the breakfast club. This is the breakfast club. Right. Right. They're stuck in detention all day. They are forced to be around each other. They have to, uh, they argue about being a nerd and a jock and whatever. And, um, this is so much more like the breakfast club Yeah, because you are stuck together and it, it does, this episode does such a good job with that. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. Um, I'm also going to say it's an A plus it is, it is, uh, like I said, classic community episode for a reason. So, but we want to know what you think about this episode about Britney Spears versus Christina Aguilera. And if you have ever been electrocuted. And do you want Ben to play a paladin that is based on <laughs> Frazier on an actual play podcast? Yes, I'm writing. I'm writing checks that my, both of our asses can't cash. Look, let's start out with uh, one session of boss dragons and scrambled eggs, and we'll. All I'm saying is it's bonus content on Patreon. <laughs> uh, you are cashing checks that we're not about. We're not <laughs> literally ready to checks at this um, point. Um. Yeah. What do you think about? Cheers and Frasier and Bottle episodes and whatever the hell else we talked about on this episode. There was a lot. <laughs> you can do that by tweeting at us at Good Greendale on Twitter. You can uh, send us a message by going to goodmorninggreendale.com. Click on the contact form and send us an email. We have a fan group put together by uh, Laura, who is one of our biggest fans, who uh, is amazing. Uh, it's She's called League of Jeremy's. It's on Facebook. We chat about the latest episodes of this and post Futurama and community memes and all the stuff about the other podcasts we do. And of course, we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash back to Futurama. 
Um, if you choose to give us money, uh, fantastic. And if you do not, uh, whether it's because we're just dinguses or because mm-hmm. times are tough and, you know, yeah. this show is always going to be free. So don't feel like you need to give us money if mm-hmm. you are not in a position to do so. That's true. And, and you come to the end of these, uh, cause if you're not, if you're not hearing my voice right now, you've turned this off and you're smarter for that. But, uh, because you come Here they to are the, talking about Frasier again. I'm, we're talking to, this is a community podcast. And they keep talking about Frasier. I don't know why my voice went to the highest reaches possible. Um, uh, but no, you, you come to the end of these, you listen to us be goofballs for, lord knows more than an hour most weeks now um and we really appreciate everybody uh we know it's been you know everybody's been saying it it might have been a hard time for you um we we love you and thank you thank you so much we we do this for you guys because i mean it's fun to keep goof off with ben but like the fact that you guys contact us and you love what we do and you you kind of have fun with us on twitter and and enjoy what we do is is so much of what why we do it i mean hey so we ins- we we inspired a, a spanish language community podcast i like, don't know how that there, happens there is they, uh, we did not like <laughs> the other good community podcast right i don't get so it. <laughs> you know um that's phenomenal so it's always it's great to help spread that love of talking about community and and everything so and being we're, goofballs and being goofballs and talking about Fraser way more than anyone ever asked us to do. And again, um, I've not seen Fraser <laughs> yet. So I mean, uh, that's the next <laughs> podcast, like we've discussed. You ready for an eleven season? God, I'm exhausted. There's twenty six episode long seasons. That's impossibly there, too many. Oh man, I, I'm I not. I'm not gonna write that check, no, sir. Uh, I until... mean, if you want, if you want to be podcasting with us, as we're both, we're both parents, and it's like, look, man, I had a three year old listening to it. I didn't catch everything. He Our was, children he... are gonna find this podcast. Uh, oh no. Anyways, <laughs> no, until next time. Their dad's a doofus. I've been Ben. Oh, I've been Mike. <laughs> I, I wish, wish you, you luck. luck. Quite stylish.